Numbers chapter 10 verse 1 And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, 2. Make thee two trumpets of silver, of beaten work thou shalt make them, and they shall be unto thee for the calling of the congregation, and for causing the camps to set forward. God wants Moses to use trumpets to tell people what to do, because the sound is loud and long. Probably thousands of people will be able to hear the trumpet at once, and when they start moving, then the other people that are further off will see what's happening, and they'll be able to move as well. The trumpets are made of silver that is beaten work. These are beaten into shape with hammers. 3. And when they shall blow with them, all the congregation shall gather themselves unto thee at the door of the tent of meeting. 4. And if they blow but with one, then the princes, the heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves unto thee. If only one trumpet blows, the princes have to gather before the tabernacle for a meeting with the Lord. But if two trumpets blow, the entire camp of Israel, all twelve tribes, have to gather around the tabernacle for a meeting to get instructions from the Lord. 5. And when ye blow an alarm, the camps that lie on the east side shall take their journey. The camps on the east side are the camps in the front, behind the standard of Judah, which means they need to move. An alarm will have a different tune than just the blowing. The Israelites will know the difference between blowing the horn and sounding an alarm. 6. And when ye blow an alarm the second time, the camps that lie on the south side shall set forward. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. This is how the Lord will tell everybody to move. The first alarm will mean that those behind the standard of Judah have to move. And the second alarm will sound when it's time for those behind the standard of Reuben to move. Those behind the standard of Judah will have to move first to make room for those behind the standard of Reuben to follow. It always goes clockwise, so then the ones on the west would follow, and then the ones on the north. 7. But when the assembly is to be gathered together, ye shall blow, but ye shall not sound an alarm. Blowing the horn means that people have to assemble to meet the Lord and hear his instructions. 8. And the sons of Aaron the priests shall blow with the trumpets, and they shall be to you for a statute forever throughout your generations. The priests are in charge of blowing the trumpets, not the other Levites. 9. And when ye go to war in your land against the adversary that oppresseth you, then ye shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies. When they go to war, they have to sound the alarm, and God will remember to fight for them so that they can win the battle. We should always call on to God to fight for us to win our battles. When the cloud or the pillar moves, they know that they're supposed to pack up camp and leave. But I think these trumpet blasts and trumpet alarms are simply telling them what to do when they're still camped out. Because they might go to war when they're still camped out, and they're not actually leaving camp. They're just going to fight a battle. 10. Also in the day of your gladness, and in your appointed seasons, and in your new moons, ye shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings, and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, that they shall be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. They are also to blow the trumpet in celebration of giving offerings to the Lord during the holidays. In the New Testament, when Jesus criticized the religious leaders because they always wanted to blow their horn every time they gave a tithe. They had taken this Old Testament commandment that was to the Israelites in general 
for the whole camp to celebrate with horn blowing when they sacrificed to the Lord. But what the religious leaders in the New Testament were doing was they were just blowing a horn just for themselves to show that they had given tithe and that they were more special than anybody else. And they were using it as a bragging tool, not as celebration for the entire kingdom of Israel, but more as a bragging tool for the individual leaders when they would give their tithe. They had totally perverted the law of God in the Old Testament. This is what the religious leaders did all the time in the New Testament. They took the old biblical law and they twisted it for their own selfish and power-hungry purposes. And that's what religious people will still be doing today. They take the old law of God and they nitpick words and phrases out of it so that it benefits them personally and it doesn't benefit anybody else. That's why we need to be reading the Bible because religious leaders will say, do things this way. And when you read the Bible, it's not accurate. 11. And it came to pass in the second year, in the second month, on the twentieth day of the month, that the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle of the testimony. The cloud was lifted so they knew now it's time to leave. 12. And the children of Israel set forward by their stages out of the wilderness of Sinai, and the cloud abode in the wilderness of Paran. God took them now from Sinai to Paran. Sinai is that mountain that they had been camping out at for two years after they crossed the Red Sea. And now they're going on their first journey since that time. They're going to leave that initial area where God gave them all of the Ten Commandments. Sinai means burnt, and the mountain that they were at was completely burnt. And if you go visit it today, you'll see it is completely burnt because God hovered over the mountain, and his fire hovered over the mountain, and it's still black. 13. And they took their first journey according to the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. 14. And in the first place, the standard of the camp of the children of Judah set forward according to their hosts, and over his host was Nashon, the son of Amminadab. The first standard is Judah, and there's three tribes that go with him. Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun are all behind Judah's standard. And then the next standard is Reuben, and he has two other tribes going with him. And then the next standard is Ephraim, and he has Manasseh and Benjamin going with him. And then the last standard is Dan, and he has Asher and Naphtali going with him. 15. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Issachar was Nethanel, the son of Zuar. 16. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Zebulun was Eliab, the son of Helon. 17. And the tabernacle was taken down, and the sons of Gershon, and the sons of Merari, who bore the tabernacle, set forward. They're all going in proper order, and the Levites have to tear down the tabernacle at the right time to fit in behind Reuben's standard in those three tribes. Gershon is the Levites that are in charge of the drapings over the tabernacle. And then Merari is in charge of the walls of the tabernacle. So it's saying that Gershon took the cloths off and then the Merarites took the walls down and they fell into the marching order. 18. And the standard of the camp of Reuben set forward according to their hosts, and over his host was Eleazar the son of Shadur. 19. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Simeon was Shalumiel, the son of Jerishadai. 20. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Gad was Eliasaph, the son of Duel. 21. And the Kohathites, the bearers of the sanctuary, set forward, that the tabernacle might be set up against their coming. The Gershonites and the Merarites have to go before the Kohathites. 
they actually went behind Judah's standard and those three tribes. And then Reuben's standard and those three tribes went. And then behind them went the Kohathites who were carrying all the precious, delicate, golden furnishings and all the little things like the plates and the cups and the bowls and everything. Then they went because by the time they arrive at the new camp, the tabernacle will be set up and ready for them to go in and place the delicate furnishings and instruments. 22. And the standard of the camp of the children of Ephraim set forward according to their hosts, and over his host was Elishama the son of Amihud. They're going behind the Kohathites. 23. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Manasseh was Gamaliel the son of Pedazer. 24. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Benjamin was Abadan, the son of Gideoni. 25. And the standard of the camp of the children of Dan, which was the rearward of all the camps, set forward according to their hosts. And over his host was Ahiezer, the son of Amishadai. The standard of Dan is the very last standard, and so he's got three tribes with him, and each of them has their own ensign. Each tribe has its own ensign, which is like a flag that shows their tribe. And they're in the back because they're on the north of the tabernacle. It all leaves in clockwise fashion, starting west, moving clockwise to the north. 26. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Asher was Pagiel, the son of Okron. 27. And over the host of the tribe of the children of Naphtali was Ahira, the son of Enan. 28. Thus were the journeyings of the children of Israel, according to their hosts, and they set forward. 29. And Moses said unto Hobab, the son of Ruel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law. Ruel, Moses' father-in-law, had already left to go back to Midian a long time ago after he gave Moses advice on how to judge Israel properly by using people under him who would judge most of the tribes so that Moses didn't have to judge everybody and he could only judge the hard cases. They said goodbye and Ruel went back home, but his son is named Hobab and Hobab stayed with Moses. But now Moses is saying to Hobab, we are journeying unto the place of which the Lord said, I will give it you. Come thou with us, and we will do thee good, for the Lord hath spoken good concerning Israel. Moses is saying, I want you to come with us. 30. And he said unto him, I will not go, but I will depart to mine own land and to my kindred. 31. And he said, Leave us not, I pray thee, for as much as thou knowest how we are to encamp in the wilderness, and thou shalt be to us instead of eyes. Moses is saying, we need your advice, kind of like a tour guide almost. You know the wilderness really well. God is going to tell us where to go, but we need you for advice on different things that we might encounter on our journey. 32. And it shall be, if thou go with us, yea, it shall be, that what good soever the Lord shall do unto us, the same will he do unto thee. Moses is promising him, whatever blessing we get from the Lord, you will get that same blessing. 33. And they set forward from the mount of the Lord three days' journey, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them three days' journey to seek out a resting place for them. That's interesting. So it sounds like the ark is before them, but I thought the ark would be back with the Kohathites. But I guess it was up in front. And it says that in this first journey, they only traveled three days. 34. And the cloud of the Lord was over them by day when they set forward from the camp. 
35, And it came to pass, when the ark set forward, that Moses said, Rise up, O Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee before thee. 36, And when it rested, he said, And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, unto the ten thousands of the families of Israel. So I believe that this became Moses' saying whenever they left camp and whenever they set up camp. It's kind of like he's saying, let the waters be parted before you of all your enemies. Moses is basically saying, we don't want to fight anybody. We want them to be scattered by your power so that when we get there, there won't be any enemies. You and I can pray that same prayer for ourselves. Lord, scatter our enemies before us. Now, our enemies are not people. The New Testament tells us that our enemies are demons, and demons interact in people to attack us. But it isn't the people that's our enemy. It's the demons in their lives that are our enemies. We can pray not against people, but against demons. And we can say, Lord, scatter all the demons before me, so that when I arrive where you want me to arrive, I'll be at peace. Fight my battles for me. That doesn't mean that our life will always be perfect because Satan is still going to attack whenever he can. He'll attack when we're at a weak moment and we forgot to pray. And that's when I find Satan attacking the most is when I forget to pray. We need to pray for ourselves on a regular basis that God will scatter the enemies. But even when Satan attacks, we can still rely on Jesus to scatter him and all of his minions. And then when the ark sat, then Moses would say, Return, O Lord, unto us. It shows how dependent Moses was on the Lord, and you and I also need to be dependent on him. On a daily basis, we can pray that God stays with us, and we can pray that he will scatter those demon enemies from before us so that we don't have to fight, and that he will win the battle ahead of time against those demons so that we don't get attacked by them. And that concludes Numbers chapter 10.